welcome back to the Relax My Dog podcast. My name is Claire. And my name's Leah. And we are from Relax My Dog. We talk about all things dog. some common facts about dogs that are actually false. So we did this one, a similar one, about pit bull um, breeds, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. And I don't know if you like checked it, because it's on YouTube now, we're at all these podcast um, episodes are now on our YouTube channel. We've got so many views on them and so many like awesome comments. It's amazing. <laughs> That's very exciting. I love, love seeing the interactions from everybody. Uh, it's really good because obviously with the podcast, it's out on Spotify and that's great and I get to see all like um we get to see all like the um, analytics and stuff and where people are listening from and that but there's no way that we can interact like with comments and stuff or actually see um just how often people are, are listening to it in, in such a short time and it's it's really cool like once there was one comment um uh yesterday was it saying well done ladies you're doing great great work I was like oh that's so nice oh that is really nice <laughs> uh, if someone come across a nice comment I'll I'll I'll, I'll copy and paste it to you Leah so that you can see them as well <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that oh but yeah people we, we actually did have um quite a few divisive comments um in the comment section of the pitbull one because obviously it's quite a quite a hot topic that isn't it people about about those kinds of breeds so there were there was actually like two people in the comments actually arguing with each other oh really oh god I was like I'm just going to leave them to it like they can just yeah. themselves. but basically like they were saying that you know pitbulls are really dangerous and there's one that attacked a child or something and then someone commented on that and they say well where I lived a German shepherd attacked a child so that means does that mean that all German shepherds are uh, dangerous and it's like oh wow it's so crazy <laughs> like, yeah. um, but seeing all the interactions and stuff is uh it's really really cool so keep that up guys if you're listening on youtube keep him um, keep uh interacting in the comments um i do the youtube comments twice a week so it'll be me you're probably talking to but yeah so cool <laughs> like give us any like topics that they want us to talk about or oh, yeah. something like that that'd be quite nice so that we can actually get like we could say that, oh, Alison asked us to do a podcast on da 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 or whatever it is. Oh, that's that a be- really good idea. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone, if you're listening um, and you have some suggestions um, for topics that you want us to talk about, please feel free. Um, there was someone in the comments said about, um, so when I edit the podcast, I put in a dog bark at the beginning and she, someone said, oh, that set my dogs off. So I'm going to have to stop doing that now. But that was some really good feedback that I really appreciated. So there weren't many dog barks. In <laughs> which I should have thought to be honest but I'm glad someone I'm glad someone uh brought that brought me up on that so <laughs> can you imagine the start of the podcast and the dog's going absolutely crazy in the house <laughs> yeah what you should do is do like the introduction and then do some intro music and then I know we do the introduction and then I put into like dog, dog barks and then it's the the intro music I should have, I should have thought that barking would set off a dog I mean anyone has wanted rookie mistake <laughs> um so yes yeah, so we're going to talk about some dog myths and some common facts in quotes that aren't true about dogs um i'm sure there's lots of dog myths everywhere like about certain breeds about certain behaviors and that kind of thing you come across them most days don't you really yeah exactly even if it's like word of mouth or 
on mm. social you always hear like did you know this about a dog and it's like have you, have you actually looked that up is that actually yeah. true <laughs> always yeah. good to actually get the facts <laughs> yeah so hopefully Lee and I actually have dispel quite a few of these um a few of these myths and uncommon facts um, and we'll get right in with a wagging tail it means a happy dog now we have actually covered this before not on the podcast that are on the YouTube channel um obviously we have been doing this podcast for a couple of years now so there are actually loads of episodes that aren't on the YouTube channel yet um but we do have one about um your dog's tail but we'll talk about this one today so have you wondered what your dog's tail is telling you Tail wagging is just one of the ways dogs communicate. And although a wagging tail often does um, denote an excited or happy dog, it's not always the case. Uh, for example, a vigorous tail wag to the right means happiness at seeing its owner, but a slow wag of the tail held halfway down can mean fear or insecurity. Additionally, a tail held very high and wagging extremely fast can mean fear or aggression for some dogs. So yes, and a wagging tail doesn't always necessarily mean that your dog is happy. I think that's one of the signs that you always look out for for a happy dog is a wagging tail, but you have to like look at the whole dog as a like as a whole, really, like the whole body mm-hmm. language and see yeah. if like if they're snarling but they're wagging the tail. I don't think that, that necessarily means that they're a happy dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's important to like look at look at the whole picture of the dog rather than just be like, oh, the dog's tail's wagging, so I can go up to it and approach it. Yes, and absolutely. Yeah. Now this next one, I Defo believed like a good few years ago when Marla was a puppy because he used to do this quite a lot um, when he was younger. Um, so dogs eat grass because they're feeling sick. Now you might have noticed your favourite canine buddy likes to chomp on grass once in a while. They might even go straight for a patch of green the second they're outside. One of the most common dog myths is that eating grass is a sign that your dog is sick, but that's not necessarily true. Um, a lot of the time people will go worried when their dog eats grass uh, because they may be coming down with a sickness. This is not completely untrue because the grass does help as a natural um, antacid, maybe, to help um, make your dog's belly feel better. However, dogs do eat grass for many different reasons, some of which have nothing to do with an upset stomach. They might have um, just like the taste of the grass or they might still be hungry or want to keep eating. Um, so there's loads and loads of different things I think with Milo it was just like if he was becoming a bit bored he might have liked the taste of grass it was yeah. normally like throwing a ball for him and um, he'd get like tired and he'd lie down and then mm. I'd notice him eating the grass and I think it was just like out of boredom or I don't know <laughs> it was just he was like I need something to do I'm gonna <laughs> eat something else yeah, I mean, I think that is one of the one of the, the biggest health um, myths is that you know dogs eating grass means they're going to be sick. And I think it's the same with cats as well. Um, that that's also a myth as well because when I obviously when my cat Rags um, was alive, we used to go out into fields quite often, and she'd come with us, and she'd just start you know though she had no teeth, bless her, she'd start like gnawing on grass, <laughs> not really oh. much because she's just gumming it, but um, but she would be she wouldn't be eating it because she was hungry or that she felt sick because it was just sort of out of habit to be honest I think probably a few, a few dogs just do it out of habit as well <laughs> yeah yeah that's true mm. I think once they've got a taste for it they're like oh and then that's it then they'll just eat it whenever they can <laughs> it's, yeah, probably, it's probably quite hard to get them out of that habit really yeah like oh free snack <laughs> <laughs> exactly and the next one is that you can't teach old dog new tricks now this is actually like a saying not just a myth you know you can't teach an old dog new tricks meaning that you can't change somebody's uh, the way that person is 
Um, but you've heard this phrase before, um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And while it is true that puppies are like sponges, making it so easy to teach them new things, uh, make no mistake, old dogs can learn too. Some geriatric dogs that struggle with vision, hearing, or mobility issues may not be as easy to train. However, as long as their brain is in good shape, they can absolutely learn new things. Um, it's just that puppies are so, 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 so brand new. Um, and they're so eager to learn and basically what they do with all their time is learn new things like socialization uh, basically how to be a dog is that if you're going to be training them as a puppy it's so much easier because they're in that sort of point, point in their life where they are learning they're still developing their brain so you can really um you can really train them to do things and it really gets in so older dogs who are setting their ways and they've learned all their things um probably a little bit harder because like they are setting their ways but it's not impossible and it can be done yeah, exactly. I think it's when you've got a dog that is even, like you said, puppies that are eager to learn, but mm-hmm. you can still get older dogs that are very eager to learn as well. Obviously, it depends on the dog's personality. Some of mm-hmm. them will literally not care. Like you'll be asking them for a paw or and they'll literally be like, I'm not bothering with you today. <laughs> and some dogs will be active and will want to do that. Like Milo, I'm sure I could teach Milo. He knows most of the tricks and like the Mm -hmm. basic ones out there but I'm sure if I really set like an afternoon I could teach him something now um obviously he's like a an active border collie that that's brains going about 100 miles an hour so (laughs) it does depend on on the dog and the personality of the dog as well yeah absolutely I mean you I mean if there is a dog like that who's a bit older and does not want to learn I mean nothing will move them but you just got to take your chances haven't you really <laughs> yeah exactly maybe pick a really easy one to teach them like, <laughs> lots, like raw. Um, lots and lots of treats <laughs> exactly uh, now the next one is that dogs only see in black and white now dogs really do have their have a mind of their own and um, these are the things dogs think about during the day but they also have eyes of their own and other senses they rely on. And the idea that they only see in black and white is arguably one of the most uh, perpetrated dog myths out there. Dogs can, in fact, see some colour, but obviously their spectrum is limited. If they don't see the colours that we see, their spectrum is a bit more limited than us. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of the primates have three kinds of cones in their eyes, uh, making us... Uh, trichromatic uh, mm-hmm. but dogs are bichromatic I think I'm saying those right mm-hmm. um, they do have a tendency to mix up green and reds I think I've seen there's like a TikTok trend going around mm-hmm. um, where people are holding this filter which shows what dogs will see and it basically just picks out certain colours I think it's like blues and yellows that dogs yeah. that, that they can see quite clearly Mm-hmm. Um, and this girl was doing a TikTok trend where she showed all of the dog's toys and then a favourite dog's toy. And the favourite one was a mixture of blue and yellow. And she's like, I can understand why, because <laughs> colours are really dull because they're colours that the dog can't really see. But the blue and yellow one is really vivid because the dog um... can see the colours really bright, um, which makes sense for like tennis balls and things like that. Because I'm always like, how could Milo see this tennis ball here? But um obviously it's because it, that's a color that, that you can see it um, it might be blue and yellow but i might be getting confused um, mm. but yeah, yeah. It's a certain tone that the dog can see yeah because we do um on the my dog we do have some dog we have a lot quite a lot of dog tv but we have some of the dog tv episodes that are actually in those hues that dogs can see um i don't know if that maybe makes them like more vivid for the dog to watch like more interesting for them um but go and check them out like on the on the youtube channel we've got a few that are in dog cam which is really interesting <laughs> yeah. um the next one is garlic as a natural flea and tip remedy i really wanted to include this one 
Um, so when your dog is dealing with fleas or ticks, especially this time of year, fleas and like, well, obviously we're in Britain, so it's it's um, it's it's summer here. Well, it's meant to be summer here. It's summerish <laughs> here. Um, fleas and ticks are everywhere, um, sort of in the northern hemisphere. So it's really, really prevalent at the minute. Um, so when your dog is dealing with fleas and ticks, you'll likely do anything to give them and your household some much needed relief. If you read that garlic acts as a natural cure, don't believe it. Garlic is actually toxic to dogs um, and one of the foods that they can't eat. So you'll want to keep it away from your pup. Um, garlic can not only have zero effect on fighting off fleas and ticks, but it can also lead to serious disease known as immune-mediated medi- immune hemolytic anemia, or IMHA. Um, even though it is a rare disease, IMHA causes the body to destroy its own red blood cells, leading to life-threatening anemia. So by feeding garlic, you're unnecessarily risking your pup's health, expensive hospital bills, and multiple blood, blood transfusions. And that's why I wanted to definitely include this one, because it's one I've heard myself. And I know, and you know, as you know, that the job that we do, that garlic is just a big, big no-no for uh, for dogs and cats, because it's really, really quite toxic to them. Um, yeah. So, but there are like, you know, dealing with fleas and ticks, especially at this time of year, there's so much stuff that you can get from like your vets or online or in big um, big pet stores. Um, there's so much that you can do. You don't need to risk your dog's life by giving them besides garlic bread, you know, that kind of thing. So Absolutely not. It's actually insane that this is even a myth when it is mm. like garlic is known, or maybe just to us or uh, to the people that are sort of actively looking into what's toxic for dogs and things like that. But it's mad that, it is so toxic for dogs and this myth actually exists. So it's scary the fact that people could be out there that haven't done the full research and know that that mm. garlic is actually really, really bad for a dog. So um, maybe it's because do humans take that when they're trying to get rid of like ticks or they're going, I don't know, is it like a thing that humans I mean, do? Maybe? I know that garlic can ward off. If you eat loads of garlic, uh, which my husband does uh, a lot, he's like his favourite thing in the whole world, um, it can ward off things like mosquitoes and stuff um, because of right. the because of the smell of it but I'm not sure about fleas and ticks with people I'm really not sure but yeah it's definitely one to definitely not do don't do it (laughs) not worth it at all Uh, now the next one is if you meet a dog let it sniff your hand now this is a well um intentioned line of thinking but a perpetrated dog myth nonetheless in actuality you should not stick your hand out towards any dog you've just met um, in our human na- interactions, it's second nature to offer a handshake or a fist bump. Um, mm-hmm. But we must remember that dogs aren't humans. Sticking out your hand can be a um, quite mis- misinterpreted as a sign of aggression and a dog may bite you. And obviously putting yourself out there and giving your dog something to bite. So if mm-hmm. the dog's not feeling you or um, doesn't like you or whatever, then mm-hmm. they, could, they could bite you and then you've you're offering them something already and mm. um, it's actually better to calmly wait for a dog to approach you if it is interested in doing so and um, you don't know about the dog's obedience record after all so if you must approach a new dog do it from the side and avoid making intense eye contact it's always best with any dog that you don't know just to be a bit more cautious because mm-hmm. it could look really really friendly and you approach it and it's actually not or you could mm. Um, you could just think that every dog's dog's really nice and, and sometimes that's just not the case. Yeah, I mean, you can have, like, reactive dogs who... I mean, even things like uh, dogs who are more reactive to, to men than women 
So they might be okay with with like maybe you or me going up to it, but if like a man goes up to it, they might be quite reactive. You just don't know what their their history is. Like you don't know if they've been abused in the past or if they just have a nervous disposition. So it's always best to be like really like safe and so like um if so I work in a bar one day a week and it, there's loads of dogs. It's like a proper country, like a little bar. So there's millions of dogs that come through, which I absolutely love. Um and rather than with the dog that I've not met before, rather than sort of going towards and put my hand out over it over its head which can be quite intimidating to a dog I tend to sort of um give it some space but I go down to its level and if it comes towards me then I'll fuss it if it sort of stays away from me I'll just sort of give it a bit of space um because you just don't know what and especially if like in certain situations if you're out in a dog field and there's loads of dogs the dog might feel a bit overstimulated or too excited and you go and put your hand out and they might think that it's a toy or something it's just there's so many factors that you can't um you can't rely on that it's just better to be safe than sorry that kind of thing isn't it <laughs> yeah, exactly that's it mm. I think I'm going to use this picture as the thumbnail for this for the podcast that's so cute <laughs> the border colleges also or Australian shepherds is it I think so yeah I think so they're so cute um so next one is that one dog year equals seven human years so although dogs do age quicker than humans the seven to one ratio isn't quite accurate their comparative age depends entirely on their breed um on their size and genetic makeup the bigger your dog is the faster they age um there are 10 pound terriers it's still like like puppies at 16 and would be considered around 75 to 18 human years um, in contrast a great dane at 16 would be a record and considered to be more than 130 years old that is wild oh my gosh <laughs> right. really really crazy imagine that obviously i think the the bigger the dog breed the sort of lower the life expectancy isn't mm. it so i don't know whether a great dane would make it to that age but that would be absolutely amazing if we could yeah. and my cousin he lives in australia and he before he moved away he got a rhodesian rhodesian ridgeback am i correct in that and they're quite a bit they're quite a really really big dog absolutely gorgeous dog called brock um and he recently passed away but he was he was 10 and for that breed that's really old because they don't tend to live until they only live till about seven or eight years old i was like oh, oh. my god he's so he's he's lived for so long I kept like thinking is he still alive and they're like yeah yes yeah oh, massive that's so <laughs> and, uh, sweet and I think I mentioned on the podcast before about um Irish wolfhounds they absolutely fascinate me that breed because I followed um someone on Instagram who's got who breeds them and they had they their pair had puppies recently and they grow so quick like they grow I think I said it was like a like a pound a day or something it's just mad no it's yeah. I yeah, saw huge. I went, yeah I went to like an outdoor market a few weeks ago and I saw one and it looks like because obviously they've got like shaggy fur anyway and then um he had like he was like gray fur but then he had little white hairs in his fur oh. like so I was talking to the woman and he was getting so much attention because obviously they're such a big dog um mm. and then I was talking to the woman like oh well, what's his name like how old is he and I like me and my friend were like oh I reckon like maybe like five five to six and she was like oh no we've just turned 18 months and it's like oh what? my god <laughs> I was so shocked and the fact that you have that like, little gray hairs I was thinking it must be like a bit of an older yeah um, wolfhound but oh my gosh he was so cute he loved all the attention as well he was he was sinking it all in it was so so cool <laughs> I love that yeah.